It's a new day in the workroom, and this distinctive gravelly voice indicates that I'm hungover, James. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's the familiarity the listeners would like. You know? You've been far too chipper in the last few episodes. Absolutely. Is there a new host to this show? <laughs> yeah. But yes, you are listening to the Sissy Pod workroom where we chit chat about all of the various international uh, iterations of Drag Race. Could God help us, we never get a break. We're doing it all for you people. Come in and get comfortable. Now, I normally have a, James will know, a strict rule that we like to keep episodes kind of to the hour mark, but we're probably going to veer over here because this is kind of like three episodes in one. We're talking Canada, we're talking Italy, we're talking Dragula. So if you are only here for one or two of them, have a look in the in the info of this episode and I've got time stamped when we transition from one to the other but we're going Canada Italy Dragula this evening and who knows in the future we might we might rejig that depending on the mm-hmm. content exactly um, so let's jump into Canada we had the reunion I, I'm liking that the reunion is becoming more commonplace in the in- international franchises I, I quite enjoy it I think it really depends on the queens like, it, like I, I I can find some of the reunions kind of like I don't know I liked this reunion because I liked how they were all celebrating each other. There wasn't really any manufactured drama. It was like a real acknowledgement of like how much work all of them had put in. And, you know, I, I like the more, po- as much as I do like a bit of shade and a bit of drama, I I prefer when things are sort of a bit more positive And I really felt we got that in this one. I don't like when you get those reunions where it's people like, you know, screaming over each other and sort of like real aggression built into it um, yeah. but yeah yeah. I do often think that the reunion is kind of a wasted episode though I'm not a mad fan <coughs> of the concept I'm, it's one I I would skip over frequently like the you know like the, the clip shows when they have mm. to like fill it I, I'm kind of with those I'm like no you're, you're grand yeah no I'd skip a clip show but I just think it's a nice it's a nice palette cleanse it's a nice chance to see the previous queens again get everyone back in the room I kind of just enjoy that I guess it, it's kind of it definitely in terms of my note taking I can kind of relax and just enjoy what was going on um, but then I guess like in an episode like this you don't get that many storylines it was a bit peace and love which was fine but you kind of it was kind of just rehashing some of the old shit so I think that's when it doesn't work too well and I do I do think as well it was nice in this that they had the kind of sting in the tail of the the lip sync for your life yes. for the, the, to, bring, to whittle it down to the top three because it meant that you were it wasn't just like a wasted episode and I'm going to be honest with you Italy has been like killing my soul with the fact that you're watching these entire episodes and no one's going home so like there there was a real sense of like this is great we're getting this sort of happy clappy reunion and then also there's some tension from the fact that like we're we're seeing someone actually go home and the converse, the competition is moving forward. Yeah, I thought that was again hats off to the Canadian producing production team. I think that was a great twist to the reunion format that there's actually something at stake which normally there isn't something at stake. Yeah. Like normally the only thing that's at stake is who's Miss Congeniality, really. And they've kind of even got rid of that now. They do that in the finale in the US. So, yeah. Or am I, no, I'm wrong. Sorry, that's still in the reunion. Um, but they have done it in the finale in the past. But yeah, I I both really enjoyed the format. I thought the lip syncs were quite even. I would have preferred them to be by Canadian artists. But I did feel really sorry for Gia. Yeah, me too. I, I, I <coughs> felt like, for, from my point of view... It was between herself and Kendall to go home. Yeah. So ideally I would have preferred, and I don't know which one of them, like I think it would have been sad to see either to go home. I, I actually do probably think that Gia deserved to be in the final a bit more than Kendall. Me too. Um, just based on the, the competition overall. But Kendall is also like a really fierce performer and equally like does deserve the spot. But I, I did feel sorry for, for Gia um, as they were leaving. And especially because... In the when the rest of the queens were being asked, like who did they see winning the crown? Like Gia was, I think, the only one who didn't actually get specifically, like, sort of like someone specifically saying to you, "I want you to win." Like it was all like, "I want Pythia to win." I want Is- Isis deserves to win. One of them said, "I want Kendall to win," but like Gia didn't get a. Oh, I thought it was everyone who said Kendall also said Gia. I thought it was either your team Isis, your team Gia, or team Isis, team Pythia, or your team 
I don't mind either Kendall or Gia, like Cynthia Kiss, who didn't want to pick between her friends. Oh, was well, I was thinking because Beth got very much, or not Beth, Eve 6000 got very much like, oh, this bitch needs her platform, that Kendall. Like, True. A, Gia yeah. didn't get a heartfelt kind of like, mm. I'm going to weep and cry moment from anyone, um, and then went on to, to leave. Even though like, I do think her performances throughout the competition, like, she's re- one has really grown on me from the first week. Gia. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think so too. And <clears throat> I thought it was funny, like, in the. In the lip syncs, you could really see that Jim Carrey energy. I don't know if it served her very well, but the, I got—I <laughs> really saw her Jim Carrey snatch game in those lip syncs, the her like syncopations and everything. Yeah, like I feel out of the three of them, Kendall has the worst track record. But then that's possibly because she peaked kind of late. I think she's probably had the worst looks of the four of them as well. Um, yeah. But I kind of feel, irregardless of who went in, it was going to be an ISIS Pythia top two. So. Yeah, completely and I, like I think even it, like thinking back over this season it really is their looks are the ones that I, I remember yeah. like they're they're like throughout the this season they're the ones who have had the most interesting takes they've done the most interesting stuff on the runway they're the I think they're probably the people who's like when people think back on this season they'll remember Isis's weird sort of hellraiser look and they'll remember the two-headed look and the the mm. the Chariots of Fire. I can't remember what it was. The the little pony. centaur. The centaur. Katie Price. <laughs> Katie Price. They'll remember that um, from it. Whereas I don't think Kendall has really given anything on the runway that like really stands out as memorable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Gia. The the one they were showing for Gia in the flashback was the sort of the moldy look, um, and I think. There was definitely. I kind of want to go back and watch some of the runways again because in the flashback, like there were actually some really good looks that I quite like. Remember the circus runway was really good, and there yeah. was another one where they had all oh the different colors, which I thought they themed really well as well. And looking at the previous queens, I did have a bit of. I guess it's not FOMO because I'm not f- f- frightened of missing out. We already have missed out, but I have remorse, I guess, towards the fact that we didn't get to see more of Suki Doll and Stephanie Price. Like even their final looks looked so good, and I just would have wished we got to see what they had to bring. Uh, no, completely. Like especially because the rest of the the queens who came back, a lot of the looks were kind of just like simple bodysuits, and like there was mm. Eve like, looked great as well, though. She did. They, well, they all looked great, but it just with, particularly with Stephanie, with that look with the wings and the way she even t- she owned the stage when she came over, like, well, let's get a picture. Like yeah. she was, she was like, it was like this is a personality that we've missed out on not actually having run longer in the competition. Yeah, um, I thought. So that being that said, turquoise was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that being said, when Stephanie was given the chance to read, Mm-mm. it was very much like, well, <laughs> bitch can't. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously, our favorite Ocean Aqua Black was there again. Such a gorgeous personality. You could see that they hadn't brought the runway runway looks with them, even in their. I guess yeah. the close to finale look was very season two. I guess, yes, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was really strong cast. Like you've kind of said throughout the whole thing. Were you surprised with the miscongeniality? Not really. I I really really liked Suki Doll. I thought that like I, like I can kind of understand, and she was she wasn't really involved in any particular drama no one seemed to have any sort of arguments with her like i i i don't know whether i feel like i got to know the cast well enough to really have a strong feeling one way or another if you know Mm. what i mean like i do feel like it's only in the last maybe two or three weeks that there's like the people who are in the top three now i've started to get to know there's no one that I really like instantly warmed to. Ocean, uh, I suppose, had they stuck around longer, probably would yeah. have been someone who I would have been like, oh, I think, I see you've got like kind of that friendly, kind of like, I was going to say BFG. Gregarious. <laughs> yeah. That like that energy that people, that people <clears throat> like. So they were probably the only person who I would have been like, oh, I'd want to be around that person. Um, yeah. But Suki Doll did seem funny. So I, I don't know. I was a bit indifferent, if I'm honest. Yeah. Now, I had misremembered. Can you remember who the miscongeniality of season one was? Because I thought it was Rita Baga for some reason. Oh, I thought it was Lemon. No, it was Tainomi Banks. Oh, that makes sense. I looked it up. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Did I see a lot of congeniality from Suki? Maybe not, but these things exist behind stage and aren't always on the camera. I would have, out of, I get, and I also don't feel. It should be one of the top four queens because I think Isis showed the most congeniality, especially with that makeover episode. So yeah. then I probably would have given it to Kimora because I felt the most sort of mother hen off of her out of the rest of the cast. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I mean, I she definitely had that 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 sort of um, 
presence, that calming presence. But then when she went mental in her lip sync, kind of perhaps that kind of derailed her. (laughs) (laughs) Nina West wouldn't have, you know, (laughs) been a hawk on the shoulder to make a moral one. Nina West for me is like the stalwart, you know, example of what Miss Congeniality should be, I think. Just this like really lovable, really caring presence see and for me it's 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 ben de la creme you know okay. just kind of you know this is the the person who i feel kind of embodies that sense of like warmth and I, although the, the ben was pretty shady on on her season mm. i think about it because I, I think they've... there's two ways of thinking about it it's like the the ben de la creme the katia which is like the money exchange which is like the fan favorite the valentina yeah whereas then there's also like the Nina West or like the Nina Flowers, which is just like this really caring presence. I guess so. And I, I think um, as a viewer, I look at it from the point of view of like, well, who do I like the most based on like, who is my fan favorite? Mm-hmm. And I pick the person that I'm like, where I, that I would be rooting for. Whereas you are like the way they've made an egg because it's no longer like a, a public vote or a fan vote. It's the Queens mm-hmm. voting for, for their favorite. So I suppose it is about those interpersonal relationships that we maybe don't necessarily see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Nina West definitely is up there. Like she is the the number one. She is on top of that mountain. Congenial she mountain. Is. Absolutely. Uh so I mean Annie, I guess it doesn't really change who you think is gonna win, I guess, because Ice is still in it. I'm still uh, yeah. looking for Pythia or Pythia, I've been saying her name wrong the whole time. Um anything else you want to discuss? This week I did feel like maybe Pythia might have pushed ahead a little bit further. Mm. Like in the in the conversations about the kind of the look she's brought to the runway, like seeing that flashback of everything she has done and like being reminded that even though maybe she hasn't won every challenge, she's always been in the top. She'd never lip synced before tonight. Like I, I really was like, oh, actually, this is like not the dark horse because she's an obvious front runner and has been for a long time. But just now I'm kind of seeing it as less kind of a one horse race. But it's definitely a two horse race. Mm-hmm. It's not a three horse race. And a two head race. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I... and, and, and uh, Pythia is both the horse and the two headed creature. <laughs> I felt this episode actually weakened Pythia's case to win because I felt like, like I felt Kendall beat Gia better than Pythia beat Gia. Yeah, I would say that we have now realised that lip syncing is not within Pythia's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obviously doesn't bode well because next week we assume it'll be Pythia versus Isis again. Now, they do love a sort of a a sort of an aha moment, like we got the little bit of branding. So Pythia lost to Isis this week. Perhaps next week she turns it and she beats her. And it's like that mm-hmm. kind of like redemption thing um but like, it'll be different because it's writing their own song so she has more opportunity to get her personality across and the oh lyrics and stuff. oh see no i'm discounting all of that i'm wait i'm okay. talking about the actual like the the lip sync for the crown that they'll have to do at the end where they all have to do their kind of but that one means nothing they just choose who they want to win regardless of who wins lip sync i think uh, yes that is true, but I do think it's just <laughs> like they they will show that to just they'll they'll make sure that they they portray that in a way that it justifies who they're selecting, yeah. and I can like, see them pushing Pithy, even though she wasn't a great lip syncer in this episode. They could kind of you know push her that like actually oh look at this amazing tricks she had up her sleeve. Because I think I remember when we watched the finale of Canada One that I thought Priyanka did the worst of the three of them, but. That Priyanka was going to win because she won via the Talking Heads. Uh, yes, I agree. Um, yeah, I so. do remember that because she was kind of messy and a bit all over the place, and she did yeah. have that amazing look. But at the same time, it was she did, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And everyone so. thought Rita Baga was going to win. Do you remember that Rita Baga? <laughs> What's that on your face, everyone? Is that egg? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, so I'm looking forward to the finale. It's it it's just, it just feels so different to season one. So I'm I'm interested to see who's going to step into Priyanka's boots. But yeah. none of them, they're both well, both of them, all three of them, I guess, are offering something totally different anyway. So it's going to feel it's going to feel new. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yes, I think it w- it will be. I, I don't know. I suppose like because Canada season one got such massive fanfare, was amazingly received, was just sort of this like 
powerhouse of like a statement of like the new international franchises and this i i don't like it was a very strong cast there was amazing looks some of the challenges were brilliant i think of the seven deadly sins mm-hmm. one being like as a particular high that makeover challenge is probably the most compelling and moving one we've ever had but at the same time it didn't feel like it quite lived up to it kind of had a uk season three to uk season two comparison in my mind but you know what i think it's more got to do with the reaction like i've never like i was wondering when we were speaking to too much michael last week that i think the actual show was good but i think I'm definitely conditioned to watching the show and then going onto Instagram and seeing everyone being like, oh my God, let this look that Simone did. I felt like the internet just didn't seem to care. And I think that does impact its legacy. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It is. It's like, because there was no, like the only accounts you were seeing posting about it or the only like people, like you weren't even, you know, like when UK or or US season is on like you go into your stories on Instagram after the show is Mm -hmm. aired or on the night the show is out and there's like people like post like showing like oh tuning into this now watching this but like there was nothing about Canada really outside of kind of the actual official drag race like like the official drag race platforms were the only ones really talking about it sharing anything about it there doesn't seem to have been much on Twitter really about it or at least not coming into the, the circles that I follow which would be a fairly drag race heavy (laughs) circle our explore page is basically just like drag race (laughs) naked men and i've managed to get some pop stats in there for some reason some of those this is the most stream artist of 2022 (laughs) um but yeah no it it doesn't feel it you know to to use a, a a double entendre in the true drag race file for our true drag race frame it doesn't seem to have penetrated no I don't think so. It didn't break through at all. Um, um, which is a shame because I have enjoyed it. Now, onto something that isn't penetrating <laughs> that I'm not. I know it is penetrating in all the wrong ways. All of the wrong ways. Italia had the cheek, the nerve, the audacity, the, the gall, and the gumption to give us a fucking 96 minute episode. I mean, where to start? <sighs> I mean, honestly, where to start as well, because it was all fucking over the place. Like, and then it had its, like, Law and Order SVU moment with the, like, <laughs> typing on the fucking keyboard. Like, what was it? <laughs> like, the producers of this show, like, aren't going to stand for this kind of carry on. We're not going to show anymore. Honestly, like, do you know what they did this week? They shit the bed all over the place. They shit the fucking bed. I cannot... You know, we, we had intended to have a guest to speak with us about Italy this week who unfortunately wasn't able to. And you know what? I'm glad because I would not have been able to be sort of respectful about the, this, this. I Everything in this episode really annoyed me. Everything annoyed me. There is not one thing that I enjoyed. I whatever streaming service whatever network is showing this I think it's a streaming service it has to be a streaming service because they've obviously not said give us 60 minutes please they've obviously just given them carte blanche and they just go all right we'll just leave everything in just just leave it all in you know we'll, we'll we like the mini challenge was this do your makeup in the dark and it started and I watched the first duo whoever they were I don't think I took it down and I said you know what I'm going to skip forward five minutes and see if this is over. And I skipped forward exactly five minutes and they were just doing the results. And I was like, perfect. I don't need to watch the rest of that. <laughs> but also, no, like, nothing happened. So, like, especially because you're comparing it to... So, like, okay, this is, like, issue one. Don't waste my fucking time, Drag Race Italy. <laughs> like, we don't need to see, like, three minutes of each two couples kind yeah. of, you know, doing their makeup in the dark. You know, we know, like, we know what it is. We've seen this challenge done in other places. Mm-hmm. Give us a, a montage of them all, like, slamming stuff into their face and then do the reveal. And we definitely didn't need the kind of, like, like, each of them got, like, uh, a reveal moment to, t- to show their bad makeup. Then they got feedback from the judge. And it's like... And then they had a reaction of them seeing their own bad makeup. Yeah, and it's like, we get it. You're trying to recreate the Alaska moment. Guess what? You're not going to. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, and like, it, it's a, like, it's about the tightness of the editing, I think, and this is a massive problem. Like, you could have cut out, for like, they could have cut out, like, 40 minutes. And Joel was so telling of, of, 
Snatch Game is we've never had a Snatch Game where all the contestants answered the same question. And it really goes, it just shows you exactly how it's filmed. Which was they asked the question and then everybody got to answer all three questions. You got to hear everyone's answer. That never But happens. also both of the, both of the judges also answered. So it wasn't yeah. even like Priscilla, this is your go. <laughs> so there was no matching at all. And then you have the fucking, what was his name? Vincenzo Di Fe, Di... Iler- uh, wrote his name down. Vincenzo, anyway. What? The f- doing a fucking tight 10 in the middle of the fucking end? <laughs> Giving a fucking stand-up performance. And then interrupting them. And I was just like, I, I was like, I don't, I don't know who this person is. I don't know anything about this person. He is the best drag queen on the stage, perhaps. But <laughs> it's like, like, oh my God. The, also, like, so the, the core, kind of the thread running through this episode was the Enorma Ava, Ava drama from last week, which yeah. personally I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And then I think was hand, which I, I don't really understand exactly. Like, it seems to have been, correct me if I'm wrong, that Enorma went, there was a fight. Enorma's temper went off. She started screaming at production, saying, how dare you put me a 46-year-old man in here with all of these children, these people. Aren't. She, like, stormed off stage. She, like, swiped away a producer who was running after her. And so, therefore, she was... They were like, you've broken rules, so, therefore, you're, you, you need to be considered potential to be disqualified. And then Ava just got annoyed at some critiques she got. Yeah. So, it's like, someone physically abused a member of the production team and someone who basically Verbally says... abused, I think. I guess, but well, yeah, verb- I agree. verbally and made like a physical like gesture towards. Yeah, but they're the also Italian. Surely that gesture is is everyday. <laughs> what I'm saying is that ha- what what yeah, equivalents are they making? They're not, they're not equal. equal. No, <laughs> and also it's like ha- like making it into this like like first of all, all that sort of that that whole process showed was oh, you can get away with breaking the rules and you can, like, it's the same thing with the fucking mobile phone on, 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 on Holland. Oh, I'm like, yeah. which I'm still not over. Still not over. <laughs> I, I haven't, I that. haven't watched, I haven't watched the final of Holland because I'm so, I just was like, I'm not, I was like, it is the first episode of Drag Race I have not watched it, like, ever. <laughs> you have a rage whenever you look at your phone now, you're like, fucking, how the dare name? they? I, this is it, I don't know and I'm not giving them that space in my head. So I'm not going to go and Google and find out. But, um, but like all that thing is it like the sort of fact of like Vivaldi you, that was it Viva- oh that's what it was yeah. but it's like this idea that like you've broken the rules of the competition you have as it like they're, they're talking about how kind of you, these contestants are role models and that they're kind of you know educating people around the LGBTQ community and like talking about the importance of like being a person who who kind of represents yourself and the program and represents the LGBT community in a in a, in a way that is appropriate and then it's like but if you can do a really killer lip sync, we'll let you off with it. <laughs> you know? Like, that's the message it sends. It's like, oh, like, no matter what thing you do, how unacceptable it is, if you can do a great performance, then you can get away with behaving however you want. Like, that's the message that was sent through that. Well, I guess it was like a second chance, but you're, yeah, like, I agree, it was totally mismatched. But it, I guess they were trying to be like, you know, people deserve a second chance. But we're only going to give one of you a second chance. It was no, but it was it was fully like it was it was production made for drama. Like the reality is, is if what if they feel that what Norma did was bad enough to be disqualified from the competition, then disqualify her from the competition. Yeah. Don't, I don't think Ava was in the same category. They just dragged her into it to make so that they could it. so they could create this thing. And then yeah. I think that as well as that, like it had further repercussions because, like the fact that she had to lip sync in that thing meant that I think I felt like they didn't feel they could then send her home. So when she lip synced against Divinity, who was a much better drag queen and a much better performer and a much better like contestant. And shouldn't they, have been in the bottom. It should have been Lakeisha Labamba. She looks hideous. Fucking hell. It should have been Lakeisha Labamba. I am all for a representation of bearded queens and drag race, but like you need to do more than like getting a handful of fucking, you know, I don't know, art and Claire's stop, accessories, Claire's accessories, glitter and like rubbing it into your beard. Like it, it is like, but Nothing. also like the little fucking tutu she wore and like the little thing with the, those sort of like iridescent paillettes. It just... It was it what you wear for an 80s hen party. That's what that was. Yeah, it was hen party chic. Yeah. <laughs> and the chic's ironic. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I agree. I, I was wondering whether they were like, look, 
they'll get rid of Enorma and then they'll also get rid of Ava then they get rid of the two of them but at least Ava gets a bit of a redemption because she didn't go she didn't get disqualified she went home on her own terms or something but you know she stayed unjustfully I think I agree yeah um <clears throat> the bit that annoyed me about the Enorma Ava lip sync was it ruined the magic of the runway because you see all the queens in their looks backstage huddled beside like plaster boards and stuff like that and I was like guys come on do you not know like <laughs> the element of surprise make them do the runway and then get those two to lip sync for their critiques and then you haven't ruined it because by the time all the looks came out you were like well I've seen that yeah no exactly so that was annoying I- that wasn't that was annoying, and you are like it, it impacted the like the the it, it lessened the impact on some of the looks, which actually there were some quite good looks. This, mm. this I think Frida looks great as well, but yeah, it would have been better if I had seen it for the first time on the runway. Absolutely, instead of like standing backstage, you're going, oh, that's an interesting in harsh movie. light, yeah, and like just it just it ruins the magic of drag. And look, I yeah. understand, you know that it's yeah, it's a TV show. You're supposed to keep the magic there, and it ruined the magic of the TV show. And way. yeah, and I I know like there's there, there could be kind of a like when when called for, there can be kind of like a surprise, kind of like break the fourth wall, kind of like oh mm. what an exciting kind of thing we're seeing something we don't normally see when the situation calls for it, and it is like particularly dramatic, and that's like a great reality TV trope to have yeah. in your back pocket. Think, think of that catering table in Holland season one. Exactly, the I star mean, of the show. The, yeah. <laughs> but like. That's like you know it's okay we know that you have to do that sometimes but like you need to be careful with it. and you are right like you need to keep the core parts of the show where you don't see a person's look completed or makeup completed before they get onto the runway but oh, I mean to be honest with you though I was just so fed up because I was after watching about an hour of of the show at that point still had like another 36 minutes left to go and I hadn't even seen a person go on to like we had a mini challenge that lasted for about 25 minutes then we had the snatch game no but it lasted. literally lasted for six or seven minutes like I said because I skipped it for five minutes but yeah no and like need to. and then it's like I mean you know you had your man there but also it's like how many fucking guest judges do you have you have your dude who came in for the makeup then you had your man who came in for the like critiques in the for like the the, the prep session in snatch game and then he again came back and dragged mm-hmm. To like just be a kind of like a random loiterer, and then they had two other guest judges. So there was four guest judges in that episode. That was like the episode Jody Harsh got to literally just do a DJ set for one of the episodes of season two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just so she's there. I don't mind the guest judges. I mean, they're lost to me because I don't know who I am. But I imagine if I knew who I was, I'd be excited that they were there. It just took too long, and I do appreciate that they kind of wanted to walk around and give us some context as to who everybody was playing and a bit of. I didn't really feel I really knew who they were after that um so i did some googling but yeah i would say the the only from watching it the only one like larish won that by a landslide like that like i i would feel like the only I thought answer, Norma was good as well those two were the two clear i i didn't me. understand who Norma was or i didn't get the okay the so thing. Here, here's my here's my research for you. I've done it, so I'm going to have to say it because I don't want to have wasted 40 minutes for nothing. Think about it. I, I did 40 minutes of research for this on top of watching an hour and a half episode. If that doesn't deserve your five euro a month, then I don't know what does. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so let's start with Enorma. Enorma was Rita Levy Mondalcini. She was a Nobel scientist for neurobiology. She was the only one who didn't come from like a trashy reality TV background. Um, I watched a video of her. I sent you a few videos. Hers is the only video in which the, the the celebrity speaks in English. She just seemed like quite a character, this old sort of wizened but really intelligent Italian lady with big white hair. I quite liked Norma's depiction because it was just old person jokes, but I thought the joke of her trying to dip the pen into the inkwell was quite I funny. did chocolate that. I did think that. That was kind of one of the only jokes that really sort of translated to me because I knew who they were. Then you had Electrobionic, who was Francesca Cipriani, who is a TV presenter who first came to prominence no first yeah came to prominence on beauty and the geek um oh i do know that show yeah i've heard I, of it i don't think it runs over here anymore uh but it's really big in italy and now she kind of presents tv and she's currently on big brother which i looked up big brother goes on has been going on no is going on or will go on for 183 days so it was a six-month affair big brother over there there's been 29 contestants <laughs> and she's currently one of them. <laughs> and she's just like really, really big boobs, blonde hair. 
uh, and I said there's a video of her me seeing her getting to see her boyfriend and she's like on her knees like oh, whimpering yeah. at the boyfriend <laughs> it's very, she looks like a great character she, has, she seems to have really good uh, facial expressions I was looking forward to seeing the depiction of her I didn't really get it from Electra but she looks like a character that I, I would go I'd enjoy going back to see again um, Divinity was Belen Rodriguez who's an Argentinian model she just I didn't really see any sort of characteristics in her when I saw videos of her. She's just really poised. And uh, I watched, they mentioned that this famous Italian lady does a parody of her. I watched that. And it's a lot of that sort of model-esque. She walks around and the, the parody is that she's always sort of leaning back in these fashion poses as she's talking. And she's, I, I, there was no English subtitle, so I couldn't say what she was saying. Yeah. Really sort of loosey-goosey. And apparently there's this really famous talent show called Amici. And when she was on it, she stole the boyfriend of one already another famous Italian lady. Um, oh. So she's sort of like a big tabloid star for that reason. Uh, then we had who was next on that? Oh, then we had the person who played Alessandra Celatano. Who was that? Is it Divinity? No, Divinity played Belen. Farida. Uh, oh, no. Farida played Alessandra Celatano. She is the judge on that same talent show that I just spoke about. Oh. And she's like the Simon Cowell esque character. Like she's really, really strict, and she. I think she's just, just a really sort of old. Like, I think gays would love her, like this old, like stern, Italian, glamorous lady. That's kind of her character. Again, I didn't really get that from Farida necessarily. Lucretia Lubamba played Electra Lamborghini, which I thought was a taken name, but actually she's the niece of the founder of Lamborghini, the house of Lamborghini. Um, And she is like a famous rich kid. She was on Geordie Shore, apparently. Uh, She was on the Italian version of Geordie Shore. And she just makes really tacky pop hip hop music with a lot of twerking and a lot of sort of leopard print tattoos. Uh, then you have Ava Avangar, who played the Kessler twins, who are a German sort of cabaret duo. They represented, they're, they're in uh, Eurovision for Germany in 1959, apparently. And they're just sort of like a pan European, like, uh, I don't know, Dita Von Tees from the 50s or something like that. Okay. So they seem kind of cool. That was another video that I had in English. And then finally, Lyrich was Valeria Marini, who is a sort of TV presenter known just for having big boobs and being sort of chaotic and had a song called Boom Boom, I think, which she references in the Snatch Game. <sighs> so there's my research. <laughs> I I mean, fair play to you. Um, I would say that the, LaRiche was the only one who really put across a character that I was mm. compelled by and I understood kind of, oh, well, this is obviously some sort of like a tabloidy kind of, like... Oh, there was one funny answer, and I don't know who it was that gave it. Was it Farida, maybe? Who, when they were asked, like, what's, what am I saved in, in your phone? And they were like, are you the paparazzi? Because if you're not the paparazzi, I don't have you saved. And I thought that was a funny oh, answer. Oh, I think that was Belen, yeah the, yeah. the tabloid lady who stole someone's girlfriend. I think that was Yeah, that was it. and then I did, and then the like Larisha's answer is like, who's your favourite icon? And she's like, well, Me. myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... I got more of a sense of who that Valeria Marini character was from Lurish than I did from any of the YouTube videos. I think I sent you a video of her singing Happy Birthday and she just sort of looks manic and chaotic in the sort of Jackie Sloan way. Just like loads of loads of like frozen face and, and, and yeah. stuff like that. But I, that's how I knew it was good because I was getting her character across without knowing her. I think yeah. that could be kind of a, a benefit to not knowing who they were as you get the characters. But yeah, I guess I didn't get any of the in-jokes. Also, um, your man Vincenzo played Barbara Dorso, who's a who's a chat show host. Um, I like that one up too. Uh, but yeah, overall, I guess I, I don't want to be too harsh and say it wasn't good because I think a lot of the jokes were lost on me. Um, but I definitely think there were some high points. But I, I thought I thought Enorma did a good job with the old jokes. I thought Valeria did a good job. And I thought Avagard did a bad job. And I thought Lucretia did a bad job. And the rest were safe. Yes, I would agree. Um, that's where I was basically from watching it I was like fair enough and that's the way it looked like it was going until Lukisha was safe yeah, I, and then I was like I, I was unsure about because like at one point in the untucked bit someone seemed to suggest that Lukisha was going to be in the top <laughs> was that not this the confusion around that well you could be in the top I don't know like with this new sort oh of, that could be it like with yeah. this new kind of like it's like one winner and then three bottoms and yeah <laughs> <laughs> strange format uh, any of the looks you wanted to shout out 
Um, so mainly I kind of thought that the, the the looks were very basic, like very, very, very basic. Um, mm-hmm. The Quiches in particular was like something that you would pick up in a tacky shop for like a hen party. It was I, on I par we... with Lala's bag dress. It was. Like, like it yeah. looked marginally better, but the fact that she brought that with her means it loses marks. It was sort of like... Like it looked like a thing that they throw on for for like a, a a mini challenge. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Why am I not warming to Lucretia? I don't know. They seem very false, and I really want to like them, and I really want them to do well because, like, I think it's nice to have like a, a new style of drag. Like in a way, I kind of think, oh, look at you, Lucretia. You're sort of proving people who said that bearded drag queens can't do drag properly right. Mm. There, that's what you're doing. Because I think that, like, there's lots of... Like, we've seen facial hair represented on Drag Race now quite a few times. Like, even during the Canada reunion, they were... Like, they, they showed that that um, look that... Was it uh, Stephanie Prince did with the the white yeah. beard? And yeah. it's like, you're kind of like... Like, this is like... If you're going to do facial hair, you have to make it glamorous. You can't just have your beard and then just going to throw a bit of glitter in it here or there. Like, you need to be doing more with it. I don't think it's... I don't think the beard is the problem for me. I think it's... She just comes across really insincere or something. I just, I really don't like her. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't care about any of. Any- <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So, like the ones I like, I, yeah. I, I had like very much Divinity and Larish are the two that that I had like sort of grown attachments to. I like I thought that Divinity's makeup on the main stage has been really good and also I also do like Frida as well. Like those three are the only three in the that I'm kind of going that I'm I'm warming to that I have an an elevated amount of interest in. Okay, interesting. Cause I would have said Frida is somebody I look forward to on the runway. Electra I look forward to seeing their face because it's just so beat well yeah. done. And they're warming to me out of drag. And up to this episode, I would have said Avagar was kind of one of my favourites because I kind of just like their personality, even if I don't like the runway looks. Um, so Lurish hasn't really made an impact on me. And although I appreciate Divinity's work, I guess I was getting a bit of a Sagittarius vibe off her, which was kind of like, good fashion queen, but I don't really know you yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, And actually, I'd forgotten about Electra. I do quite like Electra as well. And yeah. kind of is the one who probably is. Like, I feel like Electra is, is likely to win. Oh, interesting. Just because I can't really see, I, yeah, I think I don't know. It's not because it, to win, no. I don't know. I actually just, I actually don't have a clue to be honest with you. But also, I don't really know what we're measuring against because, yeah. like, <laughs> if you look in the like in that, like, that was one of the best wig reveals that we've had on Drag Race since since Roxy's famous wig reveal. Yeah, well, we've had Sasha as well, no. Oh well, obviously the Sasha one, yeah. So yeah. like, but like that was one of the like the best executed wig reveals. Like I know the wig cap didn't come off immediately, but like I almost feel like that kind of added something to it because it was like, oh my god, she's fucked up. Oh no, she actually has like beautiful blonde hair and like, you know, like her performance in the, I don't know, I just she shouldn't have gone home. Ava should have gone home, like absolutely. Yeah. Like that was no, Luke- no, Lakeisha should have gone home. Well, Lakeisha should have gone home, but out of the bottom two that were there. It should Ava have been Ava. Oh. And it's like, yeah. and it should have been Ava versus Lakeisha and Lakeisha should have gone home. And I'm just kind of, you're standing up there and they're saying goodbye divinity. And I'm sure she's going like, so how did this happen? You've yeah. just had Norma home. She's also been in trouble. Look, she's wearing that and I'm the one who's going home. <laughs> like, cause her look on the runway was, was probably my favorite. Like with the stars and yeah, the... Yes, it was really good. I loved the, the rhubarb and custard sort of blazer. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Yeah. And, like, also she was, like, one of the, like, three queens there who's, like, does makeup of a standard that we come to expect in other iterations of mm. Drag Race. Not judging their art. Their art is subjective. Bloody, bloody, Dracula, bloody. <laughs> the the stars in her dress did really remind me of the stars from I'm a Celebrity, though. Just, like, a smaller version. Like, those sort of <laughs> <laughs> big, chunky five-point stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to say, I really like this song as well. That the that guest judge Donatella Rattori's Cobra. That's definitely one I think I'll listen to again. It seems high camp. 
Yeah, I loved her as well. Her like big puffy face filled with injectables. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, I was kind of living for her. Um as a judge. And I didn't I didn't even catch the name of the other guest judge, Giancarlo something or other. Oh yeah, you're right, Giancarlo. <laughs> I looked at the show he was in, I didn't recognise it, so I left it there. Um what ha- I guess has been interesting is like we've had, you know, Lakeisha, who was saved last minute, who's still around, surprisingly. Larish, who's been in the bottom two twice and then goes on to win something. So it is kind of like, God, who's pulling ahead here? It's really hard to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like, at least, thank God, they started sending a few bitches home. Like, well, it I think did, three th- are going home next week. What? Because they said, am I right? Say, there's five left. Yeah. So they said, if you're not in the top, you're going home. I mean, so I think I mean I, I am two bad. are going I'm home. Like, it's, oh my god! So that'll be exciting, you know. I like mean, absolutely. I'm, they're taking the format and they're just pissing at it, really, and they're like, "We're <laughs> Italy. We do what we want." Exactly. Jesus Christ. I I mean, I wish them well. I do. I very much do. I just like I just, I suppose like we've seen it done so we've seen this the format translated to other European contexts quite well with like Holland season 1 and I, I like I do think that in season 2 there was elements that like were like that are working and and I mean I think that perhaps it was more of a cast thing that didn't connect with me in some of the spaces last Mm. Uh, for that second season and I do think I do think Spain was was really good this like it feels like it's come from a different planet this series like (laughs) it feels like this feels like season one and the most safe pair of hands on there which maybe is a bit ironic was a Norma because I thought she was pretty much good at everything I thought she was good at the Snatch Game she was good at the advertisement looks were questionable sometimes sometimes they were good but I felt she was a real all-rounder um I don't understand where she's gone now, but I don't know if any of the other five could hold a candle to Carmen Ferrella. No. And that's the obvious, you know, comparison point because it's, you know, like foreign language, Mediterranean country, similar size, similar resources. So, yeah, compared to them, I'm not invested in any of them. Like, I I don't have my killer queen who I like. I don't have my poopy poison who's my clear comedy queen. I don't have my Ugasio Cliente who's like reinventing this incredibly new vision of drag. It's just not the same. No, it really isn't. And like, yeah, yes, you're you're just you're just not getting any of like it. Yeah, they they have, as I said, with great elegance at the beginning, shit the bed. Shit the bed. <laughs> Well, look, once they shit the bed on this and they don't shit the bed in Eurovision this year, that's that's, <laughs> that's true. That is very true. Right, from Killer Queen to Killer Clowns, it's Dracula Ooh, time. <laughs> nicely done. Thank you. <laughs> I guess that's a dig at yeah, Swan, who accidentally said Killer Queen on this week's episode. But yeah. um, Another fantastic sort of opening and closing theme. Those puppets were fantastic. Oh my God, they were so good. So, so good. I loved this like little, is it a vignette? Are we using the word vignette? Yeah. Tableau. I tableau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was so well done. Like yeah. they really just, yeah. And I, I loved this, the, this challenge. I thought this challenge was brilliant. I, I swear to God, like sitting down watching like, the, the weird did you Mario watch all Kart. three of these today no i back watched back, the, okay. i watched i watched that earlier like that would have been too much uh i watched that i watched because just what, what a what a fucking pivot that would have been like going from <laughs> dracula to drag drag race italia it's like the equivalent of like hearing you know shaking steven's merry christmas everybody on the radio and then it's wet ass pussy next like those yes. just, like whiplash <laughs> moments <laughs> But I, I mean, watching this when they were all doing their like weird Mario Kart moments, I, I was just like, what? Like, and I was so invested. Mm-hmm. And like watching the like these queens, like, oh my god, make it, make it, oh so make it, like, yeah. And I just found myself so invested in Sigourney. I'm like, come on, Sigourney, in that scooter, you can do it, you can do it. Yeah, <laughs> I did feel like for her on her little scooter. Like, yeah. I mean, 
It was funny as well because like they were shooting. Like, I know we're jumping right to extermination, but I just I loved the way they filmed it because they were like they were like creating the drama, like and they were like showing the kind of like speeding and they were like they were kind of really creating the idea of like a fast race that was going. And they were like all the like obstacles coming in the way. And then every so often they take a step back and show you what, what was actually happening. Mm. And it was like these like little cars traveling at like like two miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like, along. stop to get pied, please. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and where are those queens who were pieing them that eliminated contestants? Yes, they have to have been, but I couldn't work out who they were. Like, we obviously we saw Coco Kane, yeah, who had, who had a fantastic voking moment at the end of the flags. I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I guess it was Astrid and I want to say Yowska. From Al- from Aldehyde, I guess we're, we're in there. I because uh, I guess I, I was think... looking out for Jade. I didn't see Jade. Oh, but true. then maybe Jade had to go home to mind her cat. Her best friend. Yeah, <laughs> best... she had to bury her best friend, so she she couldn't appear. Yeah, that's true. I couldn't work out who they were because I, I couldn't see them for that long. But I, I recognized Coco. We had already seen Mary, so I'm kind of just filling in the blanks. I guess the rest. I, I didn't see Betty either. Oh no, I didn't either. Like, some of the costumes were very... But I guess we only had... There was only three of them crawled out of the hole. Mm. So, and one of them was definitely Coco Kane. Yeah. So then it was just about who the other two were. Um, Actually, I, did Coco Kane crawl out of the hole? Or was... I, I thought there was Coco Kane who was starting the race. There was three others, and then we saw Mary. So that gives you five. Well, I enjoyed it. Like, it was I mean, good. It was great. It was a really fun challenge. I Yeah. I, yeah. And even to see Mary at the Fright Feet, um, I thought it was kind of terrible. Fun. She was. Yeah. <laughs> I just really was. Because um, I was like, is she just going to be so horrible to Scorny and okay to the rest of them? And I was like, I guess she was trying to be horrible to the other two. But it was still sort of targeted at Scorny. And I guess like this is still filmed before she knows she's about to get a racially charged misogynistic backlash. But still, like, I guess she's she's more bitter than Bitter Betty. I did love how all of the queens were basically like, this This girl's not funny. She is not funny. This girl cannot read. And I was like, and she really couldn't, you know? No. I, like, I, I thought that the look was interesting. Um, but yeah, so we should probably just go to the very beginning. This is, there is the, the well, moment at the, the beginning things, where they're... Yeah. There's the boudoir, but, like, I guess, so the chat. The boudoir bit where they're coming in and they were like, and it was... Like, you could kind of tell that they knew that Zavaleta wasn't coming back. Like, you got a sense that, like, there was a resignation that Zavaleta was going home. Mm. Um, and then when Dali and Sigourney came in, it was kind of like, well, this feels like the correct top four. But there was, like, a real sadness. And actually, I really enjoyed Zavaleta across the season. And I do think you actually missed Zavaleta's presence in this episode. Yeah. Which isn't often the way when a queen goes home. Yeah. Like, there usually it's just kind of like, oh, you know, we've moved on now but actually like you do like Davaletta's talking heads and like facial expressions I really enjoyed throughout all of this season um, and I hope that they get to go on the tour yeah I hope so too I hope it isn't just the top three I hope this top four and Davaletta get to go on the tour yeah I hope the whole bloody cast go on the tour to be fair <laughs> yeah. can you hear a hoover by the way my boyfriend's hoovering upstairs no I can't so, I don't know listen if you can hear it that's what's going on in the background um think he'd wait till the podcast was over but i mean to be fair there's so much drag race at this point he'd never get to hoover (laughs) (laughs) um then it was kind of just into prepping for the challenge really like after the after the fright feast um like i think we need to acknowledge how hilarious it is hilarious it is so these like these are the punk stars of drag like this is dragula cast are like they are the they are the rock and roll hard men punksters mm. and it was so funny seeing how effeminate and terrible they all were at throwing balls <laughs> <laughs> i was like yas queen live up to that stereotype <laughs> yeah but i guess like i guess that's not and although i i very much like, need to, i very much yeah. <laughs> i very much need to say that like i i'm saying that from a place of love and as an effem- <laughs> a man who has a certain amount of effeminism about him as well i celebrate that in myself but it just was very fun to see that like absolute stereotype just like emerging and they were yeah. like eh, eh. <laughs> and also like again being outside kind of breaks the magic like i know they did sort of like a back alley but it was like yeah. i guess they weren't in drag mary wasn't drag and but yeah it was it was kind of funny uh, yeah, it was a bit yeah. a bit of fun that one but it, but yeah. did it i did enjoy saint well, cheating yes yeah that's good <laughs> yeah. uh and like 
at the end of the day, Daddy just sort of randomized the keys anyway, so it kind of was for nothing. But yeah, yeah, I thought that was that was fair enough. D. Yeah, because then they're sort of preparing for the challenge. And I think we have a really nice moment from Sigourney. Like, uh, nice, probably the wrong word to say, but like a, a touching moment from Sigourney. Talking about her mom and the grief and that as well. And it all sort of comes to the fore. We get to see it in the moment, I guess, rather than her talking about it retrospectively in, in the cauldron or at the cauldron in the yeah. past. Um, it does seem very difficult. You know what I mean? Hats off to yeah. her. Yeah. I know, absolutely. I mean, you know, losing someone so important to you, such as your mother or your cat, is, is <laughs> always going to be traumatic. <laughs> Sorry, I should stop being mean to Jade. But <laughs> I'm just glad it's you. You're more of a pet person than me, and I'm glad you're going in on the cat. I'm just worried I'm going to cancel for the pet owners. <laughs> but no, I, I did really like that, and I think as well, you know... Uh, Sigourney has been such a powerful performer throughout the entire competition and, and like it's sort of when you hear that this is something that they're carrying with they've been carrying with them you know like they've been able to push past that to give these amazing performances not look distracted not look kind of like it was you know taking away from the experience it just shows what a professional she is yeah um, and also probably shows how much she understands how important her being there is and like she's spoken up a couple of times about her being there as a cisgendered female like mm-hmm. drag entertainer and like I suppose she's probably very aware of the focus it's going to be on her and how she carries herself because if she is seen to be sort of emotional or if she is seen to be sort of you know angry that will tie into negative stereotypes around yeah. that exist around women and will add sort of fuel to the fire of people who say that she shouldn't belong there and she's <coughs> kind of carrying a torch for a whole new type of person competing within the competing within the um Televisual drag, drag competition shows. Exactly. And like yeah. with Lakeisha Labamba, like if she does it badly, people are gonna use that against all bearded queens. Likewise, if she does badly, they're gonna blame it against all AFAB performers. Yes. So yeah. yeah. Um yeah, obviously my heart is with Sigourney. Were you gagged to see Bob the Drag Queen there? I love Bob the Drag Queen so much. I mean, I really do. I knew Bob the Drag Queen was going to be on. I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And I actually just think, I'm like, I would have liked more Bob the Drag Queen. I would have loved Bob the Drag Queen. I would, like, you know what they do in Italy about when they, like, let, when, like, you hear every single critique for every single person from every single judge? I'm like, give me that edit of this show, please. (laughs) Because I want to hear what Bob the Drag Queen had to say in detail to every single person Mm. on that panel. (laughs) Yeah. I know, I guess, because obviously we're primarily a drag race. It's always exciting to see the, the crossover. Like, I know we had Fifi O'Hara in season three and then we had Trixie, obviously, earlier on. Yeah. yeah, so see Bob there is, is great. I didn't know they were going to be on. I knew they were watching the show, all right, from Twitter, but I was excited to see them there. And I quite enjoyed the sort of speech they make to Saint when they were like, you know, I know you have to work harder than everyone else to get the same level. And it's a shame that I can't give you a glowing critique, but as queer black people... It's important for us to be able to elevate each other. So I thought that was a really good, nice moment and very on brand yeah. for Bob. Yeah, because Bob is like honest. I was going to say honest to a fault, but not really. Like Bob is just extremely honest and upfront and exactly and really eloquent about matters around race. Exactly. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I thought it was like it was lovely to see the framing of that as well. To, to <laughs> like actually be like, I acknowledge how difficult your experience is, but you haven't brought your A game in this particular instance, and you know therefore i need to judge you based on what i'm seeing i can't judge you based on kind of and i thought as well the the reference around how kind of people will say that you you only won resurrection as like a tokenist and thing i actually felt sorry i felt awkward for dali in that moment because i know dali wouldn't have been part of that narrative or wouldn't have been part of what was happening in that like kind of discourse on on twitter but certainly that was part of that was part of the conversation immediately after resurrection was kind of like oh Dali was the real winner oh Dali you'll see they didn't kill Dali so like it, it there I think it was I felt sorry for Dali in that moment kind of probably having to have it think, singled out about like mm-hmm. how they had been used as a weapon almost against Saint who like honestly in Resurrection was like was a winner yeah you know like there that vampire look is one of my favorite looks that I've seen in any iteration of drag mm-hmm. anytime. <laughs> That yeah. like whole presentation was phenomenal. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and the weird ghost thing as well. I mean, oh my God, everything she did was so good. But I've kind of forgotten, like, not that I've forgotten in a bad way. I mean, it's kind of like, that's just got her here. And I've only really been so judging her from the start. And she still held up her own and deserves to be there regardless oh, of whether she came by yeah. a resurrection. Um, and the same with Dali as well. They're both, I think Dali's somewhat outshining Saint to a certain degree. Uh, whose look was your favourite? Uh, oh Daddy's was my favourite like hands down that was like it was the amazing and I didn't even notice the Ronald McDonald thing like the Ronald McDonald kind of like colour colour tone thing, yeah. until someone pointed it out afterwards or like one of the one of the judging panel and I, I just thought it was it was amazing and that like weird the weird gummy kind of mm-hmm. thing and the jock strap full of candy corn like it was a fantastic you know? character if I were to critique it I would say in a similar way to Sigourney the way Sigourney brings glamour each week, I kind of feel Dali brings a similar silhouette each week, but the characterization was fantastic. Are you saying you wanted to see Glamazon? Just once. <laughs> Have you no, tried wearing a blonde no, no, wig, no, no, Dali? No, no. Have you tried tits? Uh, yeah, as in like, but then this is the diffi- this is the difficulty between familiarity and putting your own stamp on it. I see that yeah. silhouette and I go, oh, Dali could play that character. But yeah. then I see it a lot. I'm like, well, that's very Dali. So, I mean, yeah. it is it is a critique with one hand, but it's also not in the other hand. So yeah. that was the only thing I could say. But it was it was fantastic. I I also, I, I loved Hoso's concept. Yeah. I don't, and it kind of was similar with the moth thing, where I was like, this is very interesting as a concept, but I'm not sure the execution sort of follow I'm also interested because like there was so much talk about like who like backstage performance kind of dealing mm. with other people and it's like what are we not seeing from Hoso like I know there's been references to kind of like how they what expectations they have of the production and crew and stuff and it, it is interesting that this is coming up again and again and again and is why I expect that we are going to be seeing them having their wires cut at the beginning of next week's episode mm. um but Again, yeah, I, I love the concept, but I felt like it wasn't maybe executed to a... Uh, like, it wasn't executed to a place where it sort of brought you to the full, like, killer crown fantasy. Yeah, I, lo- it, I loved when they were explaining behind the, the history of it, of the yeah. sort of Korean exorcisms and stuff like that. Um, but I thought the judges' critiques were kind of fair. Like, with the sword, it was a bit strange, and it was kind of, it was kind of too much going on. But I... I so I, I did understand that, but and that is very nitpicky. But that's kind of where you are at, at this point of the competition is nitpick central. Yeah, no, completely, completely. Um, and the, yeah, like the I did think the sword, like I don't know, you do the thing with a, a clown killer clown kind of thing like that. What you do want is like something weird, circusy that is you're like that's going to be used, something that shouldn't be used as a weapon being used as a weapon. Yeah, that like takes it to like a weird creepy space. Yeah, I didn't necessarily understand why Daddy had a drill, but you know. <laughs> Wheel. Was it wasn't that a dentist like a dentist drill? I know that's oh, that, that wasn't a dentist drill. <clears throat> that well, was maybe that's what it was. I didn't understand. That was the only thing that I kinda of thought of. Um mm. but yeah, it's more of a household object, I guess, which is more clown like than, you know, a forged yeah. sword. Because I was wondering, I know samurai is Japanese. Is there like a Korean equivalent of samurai where there's a certain sword? Because that looked like a proper like you know oh, it looked like Knights of King France. Arthur, yeah, yeah, sword, Excalibur sort of job. Yeah, uh, which they kind of ruined the illusion, but obviously still good. Sigourney, you know I love Sigourney. I kind of thought because there was so much conversation throughout the whole season about you need to know how to work your props. She clearly let the balloons get Fuck. the better of her. Yeah, um, I thought she looked great, but I thought she was the worst because of the prop failure and by how much they discounted previous contestants for prop failures. I completely agree with you. I yeah, I, I think that she had. Also, I don't know that she necessarily needed the big cloud of balloons. Like, I think she had her creepy puppeteer kind of thing going on, and I mm. think it would have been like leaning into that because even in the performance, I don't remember seeing the puppet. And the puppet was really cool. Like, it only appeared once. Yeah. Right, so it was mostly the balloons. Then I got entangled in the balloons and having to stab the balloons. And you know, it kind of all took away from what could have been kind of like an eerie sort of performance with like just her and that like weird kind of like those ventriloquist dummies are always creepy mm. you know one so balloon like, could have worked even more powerfully in a sort of Banksy kind of way like an ode to that that one 
you know, one girl holding well, very a balloon. Well, as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think one yeah. would have been easier. It would have been easier prop to do. Um, I still think she looked great. I loved that cone hair out on either side. The Yeah, the hair kind of gave me more kind of like Queen Elizabeth I, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, it was kind of like, like, it all was like leaning a bit towards a kind of a, like, you know, Alice in Wonderland, the, the Queen of Hearts, obviously very much referencing Elizabeth first so I, I like that's kind of what I got a lot more out of the costume than like clown maybe but especially with like yeah the white face so I was I don't know I definitely like got the... clown with the hair and the polka dots and but yeah like it probably was those nods but in the same way in a movie I think Tim Burton's a great example they would they would tie it back to something I thought it was a really yeah. cinematic clown yes yeah and I like her face was was beautiful and, and it always is mm. and i do i don't mind that she is is like like she obviously should have done a bit more of the like rubbing the fabric on the ground to make some of it a bit more mucky but you know i i didn't mind the like cleanness of yeah of some of the look as well yeah nor did i saint's main critique was all fashion no killer i yeah. kind of understood but they did have the the writing on their hands i think maybe the, what they needed was maybe a weapon or something but I thought she looked yeah. great, or they looked great. I, I didn't really understand the story, I suppose. Like, I was kind of like, is it that this person is trapped? Is like, this person has been possessed by an evil clown, and this evil clown, and it's like, they're oh, trying to escape, right. or whatever. Okay, yeah. Like, I was like, I was like, is that the story? Because, like, otherwise, like, why are you saying, or is it that, like, the victims have, like, scraped, help me please, onto this crown as they're being murdered? So I got confused by what that storyline was. Okay. And then I did fair. think as well, and I did think as well, like, with the, the performance, like, the levels haven't been elevated like as has been asked for repeatedly like it's been a bit kind of flat yeah kind of even the like the jumping down kind of thing like it was a bit i don't know it, it sort of when you look at the, the performance of someone like dally or whatever and you see in this way you do kind of go god you need to bring more energy mm. or really lean into your lack of energy and do kind of a pearl about us but i think i think that's something that probably comes across more in the room than it does on stage because like Obviously, we knew this was a critique, and I was like, a mime is a great way to get over that because obviously it's all gestures and stuff like that. And I thought they did give, give a certain level of that, which was good, um, but obviously just didn't work in the room. Because mm. you even have your man Harvey Gillian, Gillen, who says the same thing, and I'd sure if you were saying, you'd just be like, oh, "Leave me alone." And it's very telling that every single guest judge comes in and says the same thing to them because they're not the same person, you know. If the Bully Brothers say they're primed to look for it, these people yeah. aren't, and they're saying it. So, yeah, no, exactly. So, you, and that's the thing is like when you're hearing it for yeah, exactly that. It's as you're hearing it from different people who are seeing you for the first time. It is kind of like okay, well, this is obviously a consistent issue. It's not something that's being created or a narrative that's being pushed. Mm. Even if you are Ireland's first drag monster like Hodor. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a moment actually that I'm surprised they left in where the Boulet brothers referred to Dali as he, which I, I think isn't their pronouns. So I thought that was pretty, pretty sloppy of them. Um, but I caught that. So basically Dali wins, which I think is fair. The rest of the other three are up for elimination, but they were all doing the go-karting anyway. Hozo comes for Sigourney sort of backstage. So Sigourney sort of lashes back and then calls out Hozo's backstage misbehavior yeah i thought i don't know I, I thought it was just it was kind of salt in the wound for hoser to come for scorny in that moment i thought it was unnecessary like mm. especially because like they'd they'd i i do you know what it kind of spoke to perhaps some of the way that hoser like you it would suggest that like this is perhaps what they're alluding to when they're talking about poor backstage behavior from hoser that maybe there's an entitledness an entitledness like perhaps like hoser feels more like for whatever reason feels entitled to a place in the finale yeah. that she feels that Sigourney doesn't deserve and it, like instead of being able to sit on that feeling and understanding that expressing it is going to cause hurt will be like Neh. Mm. um but yeah like I and I, I thought it, like Sigourney clapped back very well yeah on that yeah I think so too she's had it she's detox style had it she had it officially yeah <laughs> I also went up afterwards to look up how old Hoso was and it doesn't say I think it's like undetermined or something that says on the Wikipedia page <laughs> Sigourney's 29 Dali's 30 and Saint's only 25 so I didn't know Saint was that young I thought they were oh, all yeah. kind of at the same age um, so it kind they kind of 
pictured or at least they talk about it as if it's between Sigourney and Hozo to go. And I kind of thought, oh no, did you not see at the end? Yeah, where, yeah, like... yeah. But before the end, they were kind of okay. talking. So they're like, they all kind of went around and they said, who do you think is going to go? And Sigourney said Hozo and Hozo said Sigourney and Saint said Hozo and Daddy said Sigourney. So it was kind of like going into the final, it looks like it was a Hozo Sigourney bottom two. So then yeah. I thought it was the twist then at the end where it looked like it was a Saint Hozo bottom two with the, with the puppets. Yeah. So we're, we're obviously left with those two. Um, and I mean, I, I would like, that would be my preferred bottom two in the situation. Cause <coughs> I too. would like Sigourney and Daddy in the, in the, in the final. Absolutely. And I think that, I think out of, I think I would like Saint in the top three as well. Like, I think I'm ready for Hozo to go. And I think Hoso's done very, like, amazing stuff, brilliant performer, all the rest of it. But I would be most excited to see what Saint was going to do at the, the finale. Yeah. Because out of the four, Sigourney has the worst track record now, I think, at this point. Because they've been in the bottom three times in a row. Four yeah. in total. Hoso's got two wins. Sally's got two wins. So, like, it kind of makes sense for it to be a Saint Sigourney bottom two, if anything. But yeah. I'm glad, but I, I just feel in my gut, it feels like Dali and Sigourney deserve the top two placing the most. And obviously they, mm-hmm. the Boulay brothers feel the same. Yeah, no, that is good. So I was happy with that. Um, next week is The Last Supper. So a reunion style episode again. So I wonder, will we find out who the top three are then? Or I guess we'll have to before going into the final episode. But I wonder, will we find it out before the then, episode? Or, do we... or at the end yeah. of it? I feel like we'll find it out at the end of the episode. I think that they'll 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 hold that out on us. Okay, yeah, don't ruin the surprise like Italia would. <laughs> um, right, so that's it. I mean, an hour and five minutes—that's not too bad. No, we've done okay. We've, we've done, done okay. okay. We've, we've, done okay. we've said everything we needed to say. Twenty minutes on each. You know, it was it was a roller coaster ride of sort of you know <laughs> highs and lows. You know, yeah, that's it. You know, a, a, a solid episode of Canada, a desperate episode of Italy, and an excellent episode of Drag of Dracula. Like, you know, <laughs> such a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. So next week we have the finale of Canada, we have the reunion for Dracula, and we have the second last challenge of Italy. So that means that the week after we're just going to be talking about Italy. No, we'll have the finale of Dracula as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You'll that. <laughs> <laughs> Coming into a new year. Right, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Much appreciated. We'll be back with you next week. Ciao, tutti. Bye. Bye.